You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. On the line, I have my good friend, Mark Scott. Mark, you are now, um, what, seven months deep in this in this pandemic or eight, six months deep solid in this pandemic. Life certainly has changed for you um, immensely, just like most people in the country. But certainly, as you've seen a change of scenery, you've seen your 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 business um, take a, a certain uh, a drastic change and that sort of thing. In the grand scheme of things, over the last six months, is there any way you can describe all that's gone on in in your little world? Is it something that you saw coming? Is there I mean, how would you describe the last six months for you and your family, Mark? Uh, surreal. <laughs> I think that's the only word that can sum it up. Um, I truly thought in my lifetime that the uh, the time, the days, weeks after September 11th would be the uh, the weirdest time of my life, and and this is not to even closely compare the the two because they're. Yeah. Two totally different events, but uh, of course, um, you know, just the way it's affected us as a society and myself personally, uh, it's it's much more affected me than September 11th. September 11th affected me in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons, Um, but the pandemic and and the COVID crisis has affected my work so much more just because of what I do for a living. I can only describe it as surreal. I can tell you, I, you know, Dan, I can tell you, you know, everyone says I, I can tell you where I was and exactly what I was doing on September 11th when the first uh, tower was hit or the second tower was hit. I can tell you exactly what I was doing on March 12th. I was standing at the TPC at Sawgrass with a beer in my hand, uh, talking with some clients, and my cell phone just started buzzing like crazy. Text messages, phone calls, emails, because I had people at the Big 12 tournament, the Big 8, uh, the, the the SEC tournament, the ACC tournament, had people at all these uh, basketball tournaments, and they're saying, hey, they're, they're shutting down the tournament. What's going on? And that was the last day that we as a company had clients at an event. And it was mm-hmm. – it just steamrolled from there. And by that afternoon, uh, they told us that the, the TPC, the, the Players' Championship – Hey, we're we're shutting down the tournament. So um, it's it's just been one of those, you know, survive and adapt kind of situations uh, because it's it's affected my industry dramatically. Uh, when your job is to send people to large scale sporting events or uh, to places with large crowds, you know, that's just not even a, a thought for people anymore. And it. I know that we talked about it with you and me and Billy and, and Rob several months ago. You know, we're not even to the point still where it's did, did Dan and I feel good uh, sitting beside each other at a at a basketball game. You know, we're we're still not even to that point yet. So we're um, just adapting. The good thing is, is we are surviving. Uh, unlike a lot of industries, which is very sad. It's sad to see so many small businesses folding in this but um i gotta tell you it's it's crazy i've never seen anything like it you mentioned 9-11 and early on in this pandemic um i, I as we tape this on sunday after the 19th anniversary of 9-11 early on i was upset at news coverage of you know the the, the supposed impeachment trial and all this kind of stuff which you know six months later eight months later we now know was was wholeheartedly a sham i was then thinking to myself i didn't say it largely out loud but thinking to myself you know at least at 9 11 we understood people hated us and we knew who the enemy was and I don't even know who the enemy is anymore in the United States of America. It seems like we're our own enemy. Fast forward six months, and I'm not sure 
Mark, I'm not sure how to sum up the last six months in my world. Surreal is probably the only word that, that, that it's an apt word that you use, but I would have never saw myself sitting here after going through 9-11 like, like you and I did in this country and seeing like, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this. I cannot believe what's happening. Here I am six months through this pandemic, and we're still in it. And it just, depending on who you talk to and where you are and what the political beliefs are of the people that are governing your municipality, state, whatever, you get a completely different idea of what's going on in the world. And and to know that you, your, your business is 100% focused on sports. It's focused on sports. It's not focused on, um, you know, uh, oil products or uh, not widgets or anything like that. It's based on sports. We don't have fans, largely we don't have fans back yet after six months. There's some states that are scared to death to do anything. There's other states that are moving on with their lives and dealing with it and that sort of thing. But, Mark, I have to say that as surreal as the last six months have been, and I vividly remember our last conversation, and we were like, yeah, well, this is crazy, man. Let's let's see how we go. Hopefully this is all cleared up by September. Well, September's here. We still have – there's 50 states and 50 different ways we're handling COVID and all this stuff. I, The one thing that has stayed true – over the last six months is we can't trust anything anybody tells us without fact-checking it and, and looking at three or four other different stories on the same topic to find out if there's any truth in it. And, and I know um, your father, who was literally traveled the world teaching journalism to people, um, th- this is something that you and he talk about all the time. I, I thought in January, it was the worst I'd ever seen it. I now have gotten back to, after six months of this pandemic, still seeing the same type of bullshit that is getting floated out by the media to see if it'll take or not. And then they decide how they're going to play the story. Mark, I've never seen anything like it. What your thoughts, as a person who grew up in a household where journalism was um, uh, something that was somewhat sacred and getting the story right was somewhat sacred, can you make sense of anything that we see in the media today? Is there any, can you give somebody who wants to find out what's going on? How do they find out what the hell is going on, Mark? Well, you know, I'm going to give you a twofold answer, Dan. Um, and I'm going to step back to the first part of your, your comments was the nine 11, I think will be the last time we will ever see a bipartisan unification of this country. Across the board, we 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 will do this all together: Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever. Uh, I think we are truly that will be the last time we ever see anything like that. I think that we are that toxic of a space in this country, and this is not a, a support uh, of our current president. But I don't think it would matter if if Trump was president, if. Um, uh, Ted Cruz was president, if Hillary Clinton was president, I think we've reached that toxic of a place politically that there will not be any unification because no one wants to, to show any ground or show what they yeah. conceive as weakness. Yeah. Um, now, that ties in directly to, um, you know, I know some people who've listened to me talk before refer to the media as the fourth estate. And, you know, you, you've got the, the Senate, the House, the judicial, uh, excuse me, you've got the Congress, you've got the judicial, you've got the presidential. Those are the three estates. And the media was seen as the fourth estate. And that was right up to uh, the, the creation of CNN. You mm-hmm. think back to Desert Storm, the only place you went for news yeah. was CNN. Yes. It was the uh, it was the globe and you think back their tagline was the global leader. Well, once we once there came MSNBC and Fox, and this isn't a support of any of them. Once yeah. they started competing for advertising dollars, mm-hmm. that's when we lost the fourth estate, which was the media. 
You used to have Walter Cronkite, the CBS News. Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America. Mm-hmm. But now it is so much bias. And I know I've told this story before, and people who haven't heard it will say, yeah, I remember you saying that. And people who haven't heard it will, will understand it. My father was a lifelong Democrat. My father was a lifelong journalist. But my father was fair when it came to reporting and teaching how to report. And I'll never forget, it was even before Trump was president, he looked at me one night, he said, Mark, my career and my profession as I know it is dead. There's no more reporting. It's all editorializing. Yeah. So I think the only way for people to find true news or the truth in news is, one, don't look to your Twitter timeline or your Facebook timeline or or whatever social media you follow because that's going to be filled with a variety of biases. What you need to do is you need to watch a variety of news organizations. You need to research a variety of uh, newspapers online uh, because print is truly dead. Um, You need to go and look at a variety of reporting sources. One of the best is the Wall Street Journal, and people say, well, I don't need it for business reporting. The Wall Street Journal also does a lot of political reporting, Mm -hmm. and they've got a very good editorial board that presents views from both sides. So what I do is I go out of my way to find a variety of sources Mm -hmm. uh, because that way I could read a lot of different looks. Uh, BBC World, BBC America, also seeing something from an overseas perspective. A lot of people hear Al Jazeera, and they instantly think, well, I'm not going to listen to what some Muslim reporting is. Al Jazeera America is one of the most down-the-middle reporting that you will find. Um, Find and read and listen to a lot of different sources, and then form your own opinion. You know, we all have our own biases for whatever reason. But when you want true news, don't look to, you know, the. unfortunately, you, you can't look to even the local evening news on ABC, NBC, CBS, because they have their own biases and slants now. And again, this is not a Trump fake news uh, defense or saying. This is somebody who spent his entire life under the watchful thumb of a journalist who said, you know, you you report the news and then let people decide. Well, now they're reporting the news with such a slant to it, um, and it's one of the great dangers of social media as well. A legitimate ABC News reporter can put a a tweet out, and maybe fake as can be, and it gets 50,000 retweets and 125,000 likes, and then two hours later, they post the retraction that gets 5,000 retweets, yeah. 20,000 likes. And it's already lost in the minutia of this just fast-paced environment that we live in. Yeah. And, and, and that's, a, that's a huge danger because people run with things so very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even you know, somebody like myself with uh, you know, a few hundred followers – I can tweet something out there and say yeah. it as gospel truth, and if enough people see it, you know that's all it takes, and it, yeah. it goes like wildfire. So yeah. um, finding a variety of sources, I think, is the, the best and only way, and keep yourself an open mind, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, or a, a Druid that likes to eat donuts only on Tuesdays, whatever <laughs> your background is, you know, keep an open mind that there's a lot more to the story than what you first see. You know, you bring up good points. My, um, I have a lot of family members that are on Facebook religiously getting their news of the day. And I, anytime they send me something, I say, where did you get this? And if they say Facebook, I automatically tell, reply, I'm not wasting my time with this. And at first they got angry, and I'm like, and and they and they were like, well, I can't believe you would be you just doing it. I said, well, well, let's just take one of these things, and let's, and each time they send me something, it takes about 35 seconds of of research to find out that it's a bullshit post where somebody took a few truths and added their own opinion into it to turn it into something completely different, and and now all of a sudden, this is what's happening. 
in in mainstream media. And so I I tell people all the time, and and just very recently I told uh, my brother-in-law, he's like, where do you get your news then? Because I was telling him, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. I said, honest to God, I usually get it from overseas. If you read a uh, an Australian newspaper when they're covering something in America or or England or anywhere else, they all talk about how different the United States is, and they tell you exactly what is happening in the United States because they don't care. They, they don't they don't have a side to choose or pick on. They're like, hey, look how different these people are, and they normally treat it pretty much right down the middle as a difference to them. And then you can really find out kind of what kind of what the really the real story is so al jazeera same thing bbc unbelievable i mean there's there's a lot of things out there that you have to look at if you're doing it from the american side i I, there's very few people that i trust to get something the right way and 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 even the the people that i do trust I, i still go make sure i don't just read one source and figure it out and i think that's what you have to do um today for sure and i got a i got a question it's a slippery slope um, about a year ago, I did a periscope where I said, this was a year ago, uh, I said we should probably start thinking about some way we can regulate putting out a story that doesn't involve a camp, somebody paying for it or, or tied to a campaign or a political action committee or something like that. And, Mark, I'm afraid we are dangerously close to having to regulate the news media, I know that opens up a, a, a terrible can of worms, a Pandora's box, whatever you want to say. But, Mark, is there anything short of, of having some regulatory board, which isn't going to work, but is there, what in the, is there any way we're going to get back to nonpartisan news now that we've gone to this commercialization with CNN and everybody? Like you said, print media. They, they used to get it from ads and selling newspapers. So the person that had the scoop with the right sources got the revenue. I mean, that's what the newspaper business was all about. Now, like you said about the corrections, now people are, are quick to report it, saying so get the retweets, and then the correction means nothing. And then the, the idiot people who only get their news from Twitter think that it's gospel. And, and what, do you see any way possible that it can get back to some sort of journalism with truth and integrity. Is that a possibility? Um, I want to say yes, but I think it is akin to, you know, I'm going to age myself incredibly here. Remember the the little uh, snake in the can of uh, popcorn? You open the can and that snake comes shoots out. out Yep. Well, it was really hard to always get that snake back in the can. And I I think there's only one way we're ever going to get back to that. And it, it's, a, a, again, a twofold answer. One, we need a legitimate third organization reporting network that is almost uh, like a third political party. You know, yeah. we're we're never going to get out of I I you know yes our con- our country is a democracy but to me we're a constitutional monarchy because we have the the rich and the wealthy doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican or big business whatever they control what really goes on in this country and they control the media as well on both sides so until we get a legit third party media outlet that's willing to report against what uh, what is controlled by both parties, then, Dan, I don't know how. I don't know how we get that little snake back in the can of, uh, of popcorn because uh, you, you've, got such an, you've got such entrenched sides. And I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine a couple of days ago about Trump, and he was saying about how Trump was leading, you know, for for somebody like him to be leading a quote unquote populist movement, and he's really not a populist. And I told him, I said he's not a populist or an outsider. He was the one person at the right place at the right time, yeah. Because nobody wanted another Clinton. Nobody wanted another Bush. Nobody wanted another Ted Cruz. They didn't want the same names. 
Dan, if you and I had had the money and the backing and the name recognition that Donald Trump has, you and I would be president right now. Yeah. Trump was somebody different. Yeah. That's why he won when he did, because nobody wanted Hillary. It, it wasn't it, they just didn't want another Washington political insider. And I think people I think there's a huge part of this country um and I can't remember if it was Hillary or, or who it was that referred to uh, the middle of the U.S. derisively for, referred to it as flyover country, flyover yeah. voters. Yeah. You know, uh, I think there's a huge part of this country, and that includes uh, the east and west coast, uh, parts of that area, that are dying for legitimate news, that are dying for a legitimate candidate. Yeah. And if that ever came along, if there was ever a legitimate third-party candidate, if there was ever a legitimate news source, they would be they would be immensely successful. Uh, the news source, the candidate would win in a landslide, just because I think people are just so tired of the status quo. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I don't know what it will be, Dan, that will get us back to to that level of reporting. Uh, because everything is now is money-driven, as what most everything is in, in society is money-driven. You know, a, a, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they are fighting for advertising dollars. Let's find yeah. our niche and let's dig in our heels. Um, a, a fantastic example is Jamel Hill of formerly of ESPN. Now I think she's with The Atlantic, or I can't remember who she's with. I remember when Jamel Hill first came in to play on ESPN. She was amazing. I remember when she first – do you remember this show on Sunday morning, The Sports Reporters? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Fantastic show. And yeah. I remember when she broke ground as not only the you know one of the first females, but one of the first African-American females, Jamel was middle of the ground. Yeah. But she quickly discovered, much like a, a Rush Limbaugh on the right – if I go as far left as possible, I've got a whole new audience. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, and, I am important, and I have a I have a, a platform. All of a sudden, if I go there, you know what? What sells? Extreme sells. Yeah. You know, nobody the the middle of the road folks are going to buy where they're going to buy. The middle of the road folks are going to go to Kroger and they're going to buy their Bud Light and they're going to buy their 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 bread and their food and they're going to get apart their daily lives and they're going to say, I just want to have a good world for me and my family. Yeah. And those folks, you're you're not going to wait. You might waver maybe five percent, ten percent, one way or the other. other. But they're going to stay in their lane no matter what happens. Yeah. But if you can pull a certain amount far right or you can pull a certain amount far left, that's what sells now. That's what people grabs. Look what Twitter allows to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg allowed certain things to happen on Facebook, look how quickly the left turned against them and uh, against yep. him and said, well, wait a minute, you should be censoring. He said, no, I'm not going to censor. I'm yeah. going to allow equal voices. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's a dangerous and slippery slope, and I don't know unless there's something brand new that appeals to, and I don't say it derisively, but to use the term, that appeals to flyover country, yeah. that appeals to um, Versailles, Kentucky, Columbia, Missouri, Plano, Texas, the person yeah. that just – I just want my family to be safe, and I just want yep. this country to be happy, and 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 I want everyone to have equal rights, but I want people to respect the police, and I just want a good, solid life. You know what it goes back to, Dan? And and people are going to say, well, that's just a very idealistic view. People want the 1950s over again. Yeah. People yeah. want a, a safe life to go to work. They want people to be treated with respect. Now, granted, let's let's – Call it what it is. African-Americans in this country in 1950s, the majority of this country, they weren't given that same respect. But I, I think the majority of people in this country treat everybody the same, give everybody a chance, work hard, and let's just do the best we can. 
And if there is some way that we can get a political candidate or a news organization that that reports in that mindset instead of, oh, my God, Trump is bad, or, oh, Trump, everything he does is shitting a golden egg, people just want honesty and truth. That's really what people want in this world. And if we can find one news organization or one candidate that can seize on that, I'll tell you what, I'll put my money behind him. All right, so I, I be, you said the only way I believe it can happen, and, and it has to happen organically. It has to happen where enough people decide, okay, this is crazy. So, and, and Joe Rogan has said many times that um, there's, a, there's a couple different reporters um, from the Hill that he watches. They, they do a, a news show a couple days a week. One's Republican, or one, one's left, one's right. Neither one of them are extreme. And together, they deliver a good one-two punch. He has talked just about most of the episodes that I've listened to that has anything to do with um, a political a person that's on the show. He always brings up the fact that he has told them that if they started a news outlet that just reported the facts and then had an editorial board where they could, you know, they could talk about, you know, why people from this side like it or why people from this side don't don't like it or whatever that they would probably do well. Short of that happening, I don't think we're going to see it. It's got to be organic. It's got to come because people put their money where where their viewership is. It's not going to happen any other way um, unless some sort of governing body comes over. And then, I, I mean, anytime you get a governing body and that you have issues, I mean, we, we – <laughs> this is this is America. Uh, everybody can be boxed, unfortunately. I look at all the things that are being that are being said um, uh, in, in an election year. I look at like Black Lives Matter. Um, I, I was a, a big proponent of the organization Black Lives Matter earlier this year. I thought, okay, listen, if we're going to do this, we got to go all in. We got to. I, I had several podcasts. We decided, hey, we're not going to put up with this shit anymore. We're going to give everybody a fair and equal voice. We're not going to do this. We're going to get this shit over with right now. It's 2020. We're not going to deal with this anymore. Uh, I, and I believe, Mark, that you are 100% factually correct when if we could go back to the 50s, we could go back to the 50s where people could earn a living wage, but everybody was treated fairly. I think everybody would be happy, but the fact of the matter is, here we are with Black Lives Matter, who shows up during election years uh, with uh, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter, the organization, doesn't really care about black lives. They care about no. setting, um, uh, getting people elected. They care about politics. They couldn't care less about actual black lives. If they did, they'd be doing what um, this – I, my, my favorite new follow, I have two of them, is Maj Torre, who um, has a, 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 a an organization called Black Guns Matter. And he makes the point that uh, all gun control is racist. And, and, and he goes around and teaches young kids gun safety. And if you teach them how to be a, a, a responsible adult, then they know what that thing can do. It's not a toy. It's not a game. It's not something you show on on. TikTok or whatever and all these kind of stuff. He's actually going into into our communities and 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 doing good. Black Lives Matter organization don't care about making this world a better place, but yet the media is all over it. And all they do when they show these one-sided things is they take any racist that is in America and they give them fodder to get angrier, and they yep. don't help. To explain the story, the whole thing with with white privilege and critical race theory and white fragility and all this bullshit, all it's doing is catering to an idealism to break down the what has made America successful and what is going to make America successful. And I firmly believe that. And, and I said I, in in June of this year. I sent myself a notification on June on September 1st in my in my iPhone calendar and I said there will be no more riots before the election. This was September 1st. I this is I did it in June June 6th. I set it for September 1st. Well, lo and behold, here we are in September 
and, and protests and riots are gone. Now, it took a lot of, I mean, we had a, a couple killings in Wisconsin. We finally um, apprehended uh, or, or the, the, the suspect in, uh, in, the, in the killing in Portland got uh, taken out by a marshal, U.S. marshals. But the fact of the matter is you can see this play out. They were going to wait until we got closer to the election, then back off, get everybody all pissed off and riled up, and get everybody there to vote. But as soon as it was time to get voter registration closed, or getting close, they were going to shut down. And lo and behold, here we are. There's a playbook, Mark. One could say there's a playbook being used right now in this country in one side to rig an election, and, and I don't think that that's coming from the Trump people. And the reason I think Republicans don't like Trump, and certainly Democrats don't like Trump, is because Trump doesn't give a shit about being a politician. He's in there to do a job. He's in there to run the country. He's in there to do good things because his ego is more important to him than anything. And if he can yep. get peace in the Middle East, if he can make America the greatest um, uh, economy and the history of America That's what he's trying to do He doesn't give a shit if you've been in that job for 20 years You're not doing what he wants or what he thinks you should do He's going to fire you Well guess what Every other politician um, Joe Biden's been there since 74 Nancy's been in there since uh, Pelosi's been in there in the 70s um, uh, Moscow Mitch has been in there forever All <laughs> these people that have been in there uh, A lot of people call them cocaine Mitch But, but uh, all these people They're career politicians They've been politicians for 40 years, and they're millionaires. Trump is already a millionaire. And, and I think the reason why he's pissed off so many people is he's looking at it like, hey, this isn't right. And, 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 and I know people are going to say, well, shit, Dad, are you just a, a, a Trump supporter? And I promise you, I wish there was anybody else on the fucking planet I can vote for than Trump. But fact of the matter is Trump has not done a bad job. Trump is not a racist. And Trump certainly is a better candidate, in my opinion, over top of the only other guy that's running. I mean, my God, we've got to do something here. But, 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 well, Mark, you, you, you've hit the you've hit the nail on the head, Dad. That right, right in your last what you last said. If you do not bash Trump one thousand percent, well, you're a Trump supporter and you're a racist, and that's it. Yeah. And that's all. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think that's one of the biggest problems. Um, I I I'll I'll anybody want to listen to this I'll tell you I voted for Evan McMullen in the last election I did not vote for Donald Trump I don't think everything Donald Trump has done in his presidency is fantastic I think he's done a lot of fantastic things though I I fear the the group attack mindset though that you are describing that if you support Trump you are a racist you are a hate-filled person you are this my mother is my mother was one of the very first people that went through the busing program in St. Louis and East St. Louis as a child. My mother is a huge Trump supporter. My mother is a Republican. My mother is one of the most gentle souls you will ever meet in her life. And I would love to see somebody come up to my mother and tell her she's a racist or hateful person. <laughs> because the most gentle caring woman you see in your entire life would knock you on your ass because my yeah. mother loves and wants everyone to be cared for and to mm -hmm. be treated the same, but she loves this country. Mm -hmm. And I think people set, people use love of country and use just, we just want a life where everybody just, you know, we, we don't want to see, you know, and I'm sure you saw last night where there were two police officers literally assassinated, well, they're still alive, but shot in their police car, point blank, mm -hmm. and people stood and blocked the entrance to the police officer, to the hospital, saying, we want them to die. We want them to die. That's not Black Lives Matter. That's that's not protesting. That's not the Republican. That's not Democrat. That's, that's savagery. Yeah. That's just, that's something that you can't even wrap your head around that how did you think I want to go and walk to that hospital and chant that? Yeah. And it, and because you are against that, that automa automatically makes you a racist or this or that. 
it's the groupthink mentality that we have to get away from, that we've got to break out from, that that pigeonholes because, you know, hey, I, I think Trump's done some amazing things with the economy. The fact that we have brokered normalized relations with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain and Israel goes unreported. Yeah. You know, which which is, was akin to when Jimmy Carter uh, negotiated peace during the PLO yeah. and, and, and Israel back, you know, and now we're really dating ourselves. People are going to yeah, be like, what? what? You hear quote Jimmy about? Carter references? And the, uh, but <laughs> it went unreported, Dan, because it, because the, the flash story, the thing that's going to irk everybody up, that's what gets your attention. Nobody gives a shit about peace in the Middle East. Well, that's what's the reality of the world, but that doesn't. That's not the flashy story. That's not what sells. So it ties back into what you said. We're never going to get that organic movement until. And I hate to use the word revolution because people think that means you know riding the streets or whatnot. Or until there's a societal, cultural mindset revolution to cast aside. The uh, the group think that is so easily thrown out there by what was going back again to the fourth estate because the fourth estate is what you know people pay attention to, and, I, and if you give me just a, a, a one second to explain it in a group think mentality, when I was still living down in Florida, my niece came from Missouri, and she flew out to Arizona to visit my brother in Arizona. Then she flew to Florida to visit me, and then she was going to fly up to Ohio to visit my other brother. And we drove past uh, Sarasota Township Mall. It's one of the largest malls in, Sar- in Florida. And outside in their parking lot was one of the largest coronavirus testing stations in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, that day as we drove past, it was almost empty. And I can tell you as I drove past, Several times, every time I drove past, it was almost empty. Yeah. My niece said, and he goes, Uncle Mark, what's that? And I was like, well, that's a coronavirus testing station. She's like, well, why is it empty? I said, well, Sydney, people just, you know, it's not that big a deal. And she goes, well, I watch on the news every night. You know, I thought Florida <laughs> had no testing policy. I, I, I thought everybody down here was in trauma. And I was like, here's your first problem. You're yeah. watching the national news. Yeah. You want to know what's going on in Florida? You want to know what's going on in Ohio? You want to know what's going on in Missouri? Ask a Floridian. Ask an yeah. Ohioan. Ask a Missourian. Yeah. It's that you know, it's that groupthink mentality that is fed because I turned it on because my my little 18 inch or 72 inch box, whatever you got mm-hmm. on your wall, told you that. That's the gospel truth. And God you know, forbid if you read it on Facebook or Twitter or this or that. Well, I read it on Facebook, so it's got to be true. It's got to so be that's, gospel. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can t- I can tell you this: the whole mentality of if you have this opinion, you're a racist. If you have this opinion, it, you're it doesn't matter. We will do whatever it takes to defeat you. That's the same type of sh- and and it's largely that coming from the left today. And it's largely that coming from the media today. And that is the exact mindset that created uh, supreme race theories. And that is not looking at somebody and saying, hey, we're still American. We're still human. We can have differences of opinion, and we can move forward together, even though we have a different idea of how it's best served. I don't think there's hardly anybody in America that – Oh, let's put it this way. The percentage of people in America who want to see harm done to blacks or harm done to whites or harm done to browns or, or whatever skin color you are is extremely minute. It's and extremely Dan, uh, minute. Go ahead. And I'll say this. I, I don't know. You know, you and I have never talked about this in all these years. Go, go travel outside of this country. Oh, and God. you will see You'll true racism hateful racism. Yeah. When I was in Ireland two years ago, beautiful country, stunning, spectacular, but I heard it with my own ears walking down the streets. Mm-hmm. I heard it from talking to people. Yeah. When I was in England, even mm-hmm. worse. And yep. <laughs> i tell you what, you want to, you want to hear biased, hateful racism, 
Go to Germany someday. Oh yeah, I was going to say Germany. There's, there's, there, the freedoms that we have in this country, which unfortunately are being abused. Yeah. Um, you would, you wouldn't even get a chance to have the protests that we're having in this country, in some of these other countries. Um, is there? That's not to say that this country is perfect. It's far from it. But I'm telling you. You step outside the borders of this country. You want to see some real hate and racism and 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 ways that thought is controlled. Uh, going back to what you were saying, Dan, and I know what you were implying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're 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 not. We're going down a very very dangerous path. A very dangerous path. And fact of the matter is, when those Los Angeles um, sheriff deputies were uh, the 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 person ran up and shot two shots at head level, um, hit one in the face, hit one in the head. As we're taping this, they are both going to survive. But the fact of the matter is um, to have people try to slow ambulances down, to think that that's a a perfectly okay okay way to protest, to yell, I hope the the motherfucker dies um, or the fucking pigs die. Those are are statements that don't belong – in in any language that should be things that that, i mean no there should not be a law that says you can't say that people should just have the general decency not to say shit like that it doesn't matter you know who it was in that ambulance going there it would have been my wife trying to deliver a baby or or my father trying to get um you know uh, had a heart attack or whatever the case may be the block the that is vile, evil shit, and you and from that point forward, your opinion should not matter. Period, because you have shown an inability to do critical, rational thinking without being demonstrative. And 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 listen, there's a lot of things that piss me off, and and I I'm a believer in nonviolence, but I'm also a believer that there is a a, a time and a place for it. And luckily, um, I don't want to go out there and use any violence or that sort of thing. But when you get innocent people killed, innocent people's businesses ruined forever, you, you, you impact people's lives who had nothing to do with anything and couldn't fix the problem by themselves even if they wanted to, you're now stepping over the line and reporting it as anything other than uh, domestic terrorism And and denouncing it across every platform wave that you've got is absolutely wrong. It's 100% wrong. And that is why when I see um, people stand up like like Kamala Harris, we're going to get all these people out of jail. Everybody that went to jail in Minneapolis, we're getting them out. Uh, You know, Portland, not prosecuting people who have been firebombing the federal building. Seattle, the same way. Lots of people over these people that are allowing shit like this to happen, and it started back when we were going to have sanctuary cities, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And you look at the problems California is having right now. I mean, we, we could talk about California for for for, uh, for a month, but fact of the matter is, California is the exact example of why you don't let the inmates run the fucking asylum. You, you just don't do that. The, the mass exodus happening out of there right now for good people who can't survive who can't live, who can't – this has not a whole lot to do with with race anymore. It has to do with a large group of people who have power and a platform in this country to dictate what is going to happen, no matter what the cost. They, don't, they all got their money, Mark. They don't care that you know we're not going to open a hair salon. or we, They don't care this, that, or the other thing. All they're trying to do is to push an agenda – for whatever reason it is, and, I, and that's why getting back to the very beginning of this conversation, when you, I asked you if you could describe the last six months, and you struggled. You said it's surreal, and then you mentioned 9-11. I didn't think, I was actually hopeful that 9-11 might have been the worst thing that, that I had seen happen in this country. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, that was terrible, don't get me wrong. But at 9-11, I knew why we were being attacked, and I knew who was attacking us today? I don't know why we're being attacked, and I don't know who it is because it's an American. They have they they they, they live here. They're amongst us. They've always lived here, 
and it's a very, very dangerous time to be around. And I'll tell you another thing, that the, the, the last thing here um, that I'll mention, when somebody jumps out and says because you have an opposing opinion that, oh, that's your white privilege talking or you're a racist, and it doesn't matter if the person is black, everybody now is, is a racist if you have a different opinion. I had a discussion. So uh, months ago, when all the you know, gender neutral and binary stuff and all this kind of stuff was going on, I didn't know much about it. I mean, I knew what I could get in news or that sort of thing, but like we've talked about, who the hell knows what the news is. So I bought a book by Dr. Deborah So. She's a sexologist and a neuroscientist, and she is an expert in her field who actually uses the latest research. I was sitting there uh, one time, not, about, about two months ago, I was sitting uh, at, a, at a coffee shop, actually, and somebody overheard a conversation I was having about, about uh, gender and, and identity. And I said, they said, well, do you believe, um, or what do you believe in? I said, well, I believe there's two sexes, and I don't believe there's, there's any more than two. They said, well, what do you think about um, homosexuals? I said, well, I absolutely believe somebody can be homosexual. I mean, <laughs> this, uh, homosexual is, is different from, from identity. And they and they were like, you're so wrong. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You're a, a, a homophobe and a transphobe. And I said, well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's have a conversation here. I will continue to debate you if you'll do one thing. If you will tell me what a gamete is, I would be more than glad to have this discussion with you. Now, obviously, gametes are the basics, <laughs> the absolute basics of sexual identity. And they were like, huh? Do you even know what you're talking about? I'm like, yes, I am very familiar with what I am talking about. If you can give me the definition of gamete without looking it up on your phone, I will be more than <laughs> glad to continue this conversation. Otherwise, once you understand what you're talking about and you can use scientific facts, get back with me. And they uh, not very happy, Mark, as you can imagine. So I just say if anybody, if, if anybody who has to use the term racist – or, 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 or terms like that to somebody they, don't, they disagree with, I automatically know that person doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because well, they think weak people are going to shut up and talk and, and, and stop. And, I, and, and go ahead. Well, and, and I think that's just – it's an easy go-to out. You know, I, I know on Twitter I, I, I've been told, well, you know, you're just a middle-aged white guy with sunglasses on. Well, geez, if that's, that's how you're going to, you know, nail me true. down, then, you know, <laughs> then well, let's just end the conversation here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, to go back again to to what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, protests and whatnot, I go back to what, what Dr. King said, um, mm-hmm. that you have to be careful not to confuse nonviolence with a peaceful protest because nonviolence yeah. is strategic. Yeah. It creates tension to bring attention to an injustice. Yeah. Um, it's not simply marching without physical violence. Nonviolence agitates, but it's not, you know, violence for the sake of violence is just that. Yeah. You know, violence does not do anything. Um, yeah. And people will say, oh, well, you're just a white guy quoting Dr. King. Well, you know, no, I, I actually was born during the riots when he was killed, and I had parents mm-hmm. who brought me up to teach me what his words meant. But we're we're i think there's a huge part of the black lives matter group that is using his voice and what he said about violence or maybe protesting and and using it wrong so it's again it's the going to the extremes and then the quickly well the second you don't agree with me you're a racist or you're 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 this or you're that it's there's 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 no conversation anymore there's no uh, and I think that's one of the biggest ills of social media and, and media in general as far as, you know, you can type it online and throw it out there and there's no repercussions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing to, to sit down across from somebody, and if you truly disagree with them, to see the, the look in their eyes and hear the, the, the tenor of their voice, um, there's so much lost in the translation of just a of a message back and forth online 
that we're we're losing all of that and we're losing it because it's just it's a quick it's a quick fix society and and we just want a quick answer and there's no quick answers to any of this there's no you know I grew up, you know, you know me, Dan. I grew up in southeastern Ohio, Appalachia. If there was not a university in the town that I grew up in, who knows how I would have grown up? I've, you know, I. But I, you know, people that use poverty as an excuse for things. I grew up in surrounded by poverty. There's a difference between knowing right and wrong. Poverty is an excuse. Wealthy yeah. people do stupid shit as well. Yeah. Skin color is not an excuse. It's there's a morality, and I think that goes back to what I was trying to say about the 50s. We need to go back to a morality kind of standpoint on the way that we look on all of these things, how we treat each other, how we look at an overall view of society. Um, until we can get back to that, I, I don't know where we go, Dan. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about Pelosi and McConnell and all these career politicians, you know, why do we have a a term limit for the president, but we allow the people in the Congress who truly control the laws of this country, why do we allow them to be there for 30, 40 years? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I don't care about how much – I don't care about the tax returns of Trump. I don't care about the tax returns of Obama. I don't really care about somebody that's there for eight years. Yeah. I care about somebody who's been there for 40 years and has become yeah. a millionaire somehow, yeah. multimillionaire. Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, for you know it, the folks listening to this may not know it, I just moved from Florida back to Kentucky after living in Kentucky before. It's fascinating to me already in just uh, two weeks in Kentucky to see the way different people talk about Mitch McConnell and just, yeah. you know, state by state politics. You know, people yeah. up here that they're like, yo, oh God, I heard Ted Cruz was trying to do everything he could to make sure everybody in Florida died. Well, no, actually, he shut down the areas that were the highest areas with the coronavirus, and he was very yeah. controlled. And you compare the numbers around the country. Florida really handled the coronavirus the best possible. But if you yeah. only pay attention to it from what you're told from the yeah. news, you yeah. don't know. So um, I just I, I really don't know, Dan. I, I think we're we've reached that very dangerous point where um, you know, and I, I hate to use this term because people uh, equate it with a a racist uh, mindset or, you know, this, uh, you know, this scary white folks with guns. Um, there, there is a silent majority in this country mm-hmm. that I think wants to just see fairness for everyone. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, people hear silent majority and they take it in a very negative way. Because I think there's a silent majority in the African American community, in the uh, in the Arab American community, that that just people that just they just want to go about their daily lives, they just want safety for their family, they just want their kids to be able to go to school, and they want to come home at the end of the day and have a nice hot meal and and enjoy life. Yeah. They don't want to just see this this bullshit. Uh, that is fed to us on a daily basis. I think that is the silent majority. It's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's it's people just want equality across the board and a yeah. fairness across the board that if you really sit down and talk with somebody, that's what people really want. So if we could get that from our politicians, if we get could get that from the media, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you'd see a, a huge change in this country. And I know people who have listened to me babble on on your podcast for a long time. I said it almost two years ago. I compare the United States to the Roman Empire. A spectacular rise, domination of the world. Not that we dominated like the Roman Empire did, but we were the most powerful country in the world, especially when the Soviet Union disintegrated into Russia and 14 other countries. Um, so what do we decide? Do we decide that we implode from within and have a spectacular fall like the Roman Empire because the wealthy elite was in such control and then the the, the people overthrew the Roman Empire and the w- ruling elite? 
or do we do we find a better way to do it? But I, unfortunately, I truly do believe that the constitutional monarchy that has controlled this country for a long time, Republicans and Democrats, all the way back to the Kennedys post-World War II, that's kind of where we're going towards, that we're going to yeah. have a collapse like the Roman Empire, and it's going to come from within. So will the change be from within, or will the collapse be from within? That's the real question. Mark, that's the question, and I, I believe wholeheartedly about the silent majority. The silent majority is, is not white. The silent majority is not black, is not Hispanic, is not uh, uh, Asian. Uh, the silent majority is uh, every people, uh, all people. There's enough people who are sick of what's happening in here that don't feel like they need to get up and act like an idiot on TV, that they don't feel like they need to go out and burn their uh, city down to, uh, um, uh, to make their point. And, and, I, and, and I, I wish we had some different candidates up here that, that offered something um, other than a complete partisan realm. But I can tell you this, um, what we need more of in this country right now is love and empathy, because those are the only two things you need to defeat racism, to defeat lack of diversity, lack of equality, lack of inclusion. The only thing you need is love and empathy. And, and you know, when the, the formula for racism is when you are insecure enough and so when you have insecurity and you have self-contempt and you throw in some overcompensation for both of those things, you get supremacist ideology. And that's like we've seen it happen with Hitler. We see it happen with, with all these you know, groups out here who, who proclaim to be um, you know, trying to progress us, but they're really holding us back and causing the country to divide. I think the, 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 the majority of this country is silent and good, decent people and, and see the bullshit for what it is. I, I would like to think that the, the revolution is going to come from the right people, and I don't mean from which side of the aisle you're coming on. I'm talking about the people who have the right things in their mind. Love, yep, exactly. empathy, um, uh, uh, equality, uh, inclusion. I mean, th- those are the people that I think this country not, – not I think. I know this country has more of those people in it. The, the extremes get all of the attention. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually – as unhopeful as I sound, I'm actually very hopeful that very soon the silent majority may not be so damn silent and 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 we might start say enough is enough and we're we're, we're going to start taking this stuff over um ourselves we're going to start with our within our communities this is what i have so much problem with uh with athletes you know lecturing me on how i should live the, the athletes that live in their um their mansion stuck behind a, a gated fence with security detail and and all that kind of kind of stuff i mean uh, there's not a whole lot of those those guys out there that are spending their money helping communities, but it's going to happen in 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 your community there in Kentucky. It's going to happen in in my community um, there in Kentucky as well, a couple uh, about a hundred miles down the road, uh, in in small towns in flyover states in Nebraska, in in Illinois. There's there's going to be an uprising of people just say, hey, this is dumb. We're, we're not doing this shit anymore, and and here's why. And then you will have – and that theme is going to be a rainbow. You're going to see people of all different colors, and it's going to be shocking to the people who only get their news from mainstream media or Twitter or Facebook. They're not going to believe that there's so many people of different colors who don't want um, you know, the, the, the police to be removed or shot or, or they don't want – you know young black men killing other black men. I mean, there's, there's, there's people of all colors that, that want that stuff to happen. I think we're going to get there. Mark, as we end this thing as we're, as we're moving forward here, um, I know you had just moved. Have you taken care of your voter registration and all that stuff? I took care of, of three things right off the bat, my home insurance, my auto insurance, and my uh, license, which changed my voter re- registration, those were all done right away. Um, 
and it was fascinating that uh, auto insurance in Kentucky is actually more expensive than Florida, which I would have expected the opposite. But then my agent explained to me, well, snow and ice and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, yeah I, I registered right away. Um, you know, I, I got involved right away. Uh, the little community I moved into, I, I met the president of my homeowners association, which uh, a homeowners association in uh, Kentucky versus Florida are two totally different things. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah, not nearly. Over, you know, we're not going to meet every week to complain about the size of the palm trees. It's like, eh, yeah. we get together up at Ricardo's and have a bourbon or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I'm good with that. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back in the Midwest. It's good to be back in Kentucky, where I was nine years ago. Um, it's good to be back in uh, in uh, with a, a lot of folks who. Uh, who just uh, it, it's just a, it's 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 a comfort zone, you know. People always yeah. say to me, "Why you know you move from Kentucky to Florida back to Kentucky?" I wanted to be back close to family. Um, you know, I told a lot of people as soon as Tom Brady moved uh, within an hour of me, I had to move away. <laughs> so um, you know, and it gets you, me, and Bro Bro. I've already uh, texted with Pete uh, since I got here to huh. for us to get together, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm a Midwest guy, Dan. It's good to be back here in, in this part of the world. And, uh, you know, hopefully you and I will be able to get together and have a bourbon or 20. They just announced, uh, I don't know if you saw, Keeneland just announced today that there will be no fans at the Breeders' Cup and no fans at the fall meet in October. So that's kind yeah. of disappointing. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of saw it. Uh, but, you know, the, the good thing is, is schools around here are going back to school, uh, brick and mortar at the end of September. Mm -hmm. So things are getting back to normal, and I think as a country, I think we're getting back to normal. Um, I, I'd like to hope that no matter who wins in November, we're we're going to see a uh, a more balanced approach. Um, to take this full circle, Dan, all the way back to the beginning of what we said, I think one of the most disturbing and disgusting things about this whole pandemic is seeing – it used as a political weapon. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when all the different things were going on for different bills to be passed through Congress that, you know, this this group of senators wanted to put in a this amount of funding for, for yeah. borough protection in North Dakota. And yeah. this group of senators wanted to put in protection for, you know, that, that it was – you know, at the end of the day, this should have been nothing about funding people's paychecks and small yeah. businesses. The fact that it was still being used for political leverage, uh, I, I think that was one of the most disgusting things about this whole pandemic. And uh, you, you, you can believe who you want uh, and believe what you want. I think if you truly step out there and see the mistakes made across the board by the World Health Organization and the CDC. And um, there, there's been just a, a lot of use of an illness for political reasons. Not to, not to, to, to turn our head at 190,000-plus deaths, but yeah. um, I really hope that whatever comes in November – uh, we could get back to a sense of normalcy because uh, there there was a lot of good things that were going on with this country, and I think a lot of things have happened for political reasons, and we've got to get rid of that. We've got to get rid of that, or or that silent majority, that that flyover country folks are going to say, you know what, we're tired of this. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, Dan, from driving to Florida, Kentucky, back and forth three times mm -hmm. in the past couple months, and being in several different states and seeing uh, people in large cities, small cities, truck stops, little places to stop for gas, you know, people are just people just want to get on with life. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and the fact that the people in Washington D.C. are still using this uh, for political gain is just that—that's such a sad and disturbing thing for me. And I just want us all to get back to where where we can just enjoy life where we can enjoy Kevin Harvick winning another championship. Uh, I'm just going to slip that in there. Uh, it just, you know, I, I and it, whether you hate Trump, you, you love Trump, I don't care. I don't. I truly don't. And, and if you follow me on Twitter, you don't follow me on Twitter, I don't care. I just want fairness for everybody. 
Yeah. And I want fairness. And above all, I went on a tirade on Twitter the other night, Dan. I don't know if you saw it. I will fight to my dying day to live for my dad's legacy, yeah. which is fair reporting. Because yeah. that sickens me to no end. And it doesn't matter if it's Fox News or MSNBC. To me, any unfair reporting is dangerous reporting. And I will fight for that till the day I die. Yeah. Mark Scott, it's good to have you on. Um, we will do this again. What we need to do is, uh, if in fact Joe Biden comes out of his bunker and uh, learns how to debate without looking at a teleprompter, we will absolutely um, get on after these debates and do a show. Uh, people, get out there and register to vote. Uh, Mark, how many – was it – I mean, I don't even – did 40 percent did of, of eligible voters vote in the last election? Was it something crazy like 40 percent or something? 42.7 percent of the eligible voters in this country actually voted. My God, that's disgusting. Less than 50 percent. And you look at countries like Mexico and, and, and Argentina and, and these countries of the former Soviet Union where they have 80, 90 percent, 100 – you know, the one thing that we sit here, we f- waggle our dick at the world, excuse my French, is, oh, you know, we're the freest country and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? If you don't get out there – and yeah. exercise your constitutional right to vote. And I don't care if you write in Frank Zappa. Yeah. Go out and vote because yeah. it's disgusting that this country that is based on all the freedoms that we have, that less than 50% of this country doesn't even bother to vote. It's and, and you can't say my vote won't make a difference because your vote may make a difference. Yeah, with 42.7% of the people voting – your vote absolutely makes a difference. You, hey, you got to get out there and vote. You, you the hanging chads and the hanging chads in Florida between George yep. Bush and uh, and Al Gore. By the way, whatever happened to Al Gore? Al that Gore invented totally the internet and, uh, and and made a, a big pile of money. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, he's growing a very disgustingly ugly beard, getting fat, and enjoying life. I, I You've seen that same too. South Park I did then. <laughs> <laughs> Mark hey Dan, this is again very soon. And we need to, for, yeah, go ahead. We need to we need to do it live on a periscope with you, me, and Brobro sitting out at Woodford Reserve, yeah. and and that I, I, that that's ratings right there. I think what we need to do is do the next one live from Kentucky via periscope uh, from uh, a a a place next to a fire. We'll have a we'll have our own fireside chat with uh, with a couple bourbons, and we'll. And we'll and we'll get some we'll get headed down the road solving some problems. Sounds uh, Mark, good, brother. I Love you. You coming on here? We will see you soon. For Mark Scott, I'm Dado. Have a good week, everybody.